0: You know, it would have been really easy for this story to have turned out differently. That massive haul of fish, the calling of Simon, James, and John to be disciples, and then, of course, everything else that became of those three disciples for the rest of the gospel story and into the book of Acts and for the rest of their lives, all of that could have so easily been missed if it weren't for one small moment when Simon Peter overcame his reluctance, took a deep sigh, and said, Okay. You see, it, it had been a long and discouraging night for those fishermen. Remember, fishing wasn't just a sport for these guys. It was their lively hard hood, and it was hard and exhausting work. They didn't have nice rods and reels with flashy lures or power bait to make their catch. And they most certainly would never have thought of going fishing as a vacation or a way to just go and relax. No, it was hard work. At times, it was miserable work. And on nights like this, it was kind of depressing work. We've worked hard all night and caught nothing, Simon says. It's pretty deflating, isn't it? You've given something, everything you've got. You've exhausted yourself. And for what? When you have nothing to show for all that time that you've been grinding away At some project at work, maybe. It's pretty deflating when there's no fruit from all that work that you have put in to getting better grades. Or when there's no change after all that work you've put in to fixing your marriage or fixing yourself. It's pretty deflating, isn't it? At best, you might set that aside just for the day and tell yourself you'll try again tomorrow. But maybe more often, you're tempted to just just throw in the towel and give up on the whole thing. We, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, an exhausted Simon says. Maybe you know how that is. And of course, they had been at it all night Because night was the best time to catch the fish. Once the sun came out and the air starts warming up, the fish are more likely to go into hiding. So these guys, they had made a career out of working the night shift. They went out at sundown and stayed out until sunrise, hoping to bring in a haul. They'd row out about 100 yards out into the lake, and then they would work to drop these huge nets from the side of the boat one section at a time in order to create this large circle in which to trap the, the fish. And the nets, they were massive. One source I read said they were over a 100 feet long, each one of them. Another source said they were likely to be 500 feet across and 25 feet deep, which is why it would take a couple boats full of men to manage the net. And once they got all their nets out in place, they would start beating the water with their paddles to try to scare fish into the center of the net where they might get caught. And then after a while of this, the boats, they would start to work together to pull in whatever was caught in those soaking wet, 25 feet deep, 500 feet long nets it was an exhausting process out there on the lake in the middle of the night, hands blistered, back sores, feet wet. But these guys were used to it. They were fishermen. This is what they did to make a living. It was likely the family business. They'd likely learned it from their father who had learned it from his father. That's how it worked back then, you know. There weren't trade schools to attend or college majors to choose. You learned the family trade and you just passed it down from generation to generation, which meant that these guys were likely pros at what they did. They knew what they were doing. It's what they had done most nights of their life since they were old enough to learn, paddle out a hundred yards Drop the nets and drop them well. Pound the water just so. Pull in these heavy soaking nets back into your boats. Untangle them. Hope for a catch. But not on this night. This night there was nothing but a bunch of junk caught in the net. And so just before sunrise... After catching nothing all night, they started that long process they had to do every morning after fishing, a tedious process of cleaning their nets. You see, for them, fishing didn't end simply with throwing everything back in a tackle box and rowing back to the shore and calling it a night after they had fished they had to start that long work of untangling those 25 feet deep, 500 feet long nets. They'd untangle them, and they'd work to lay them out across the shore in order to begin to slowly, section by section, clean them. Because the nets back then, they were made of this interwoven linen thread, and if they did not clean it and care for it each night, those nets... Would start to rot and disintegrate, which could ruin a fisherman. It's not like they could swing by the Bass Pro Shop and pick up another one, right? So, by the time that Jesus came down to the lake shore that morning and the crowds were pressing in on Jesus, the fishermen were already going about that long, tedious process of wrapping up for the night. They were washing their nets. It says in verse two, most folks back in Luke's day when this was written, understood what that meant. The fishermen had already worked to untangle their nets. They had already laid them all the way out in the sun. They had already spent the morning hours working through all 500 feet, cleaning out scraps of wood and weeds that had gotten caught in those nets, and then washing the nets down. And now they're making repairs to any parts that had broken places so that it could be dried out and then folded all the way back up and put back into the boat. So it was ready for the next night. There's a lot of work wrapped up in that one little verse. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets, Luke writes. So yeah, by the time that Jesus and the crowds get there, you bet Simon, James, and John and the others are just exhausted. Well, Jesus sees the boats and decides to climb into one of them. He can't exactly talk to all of this crowd that's pressing in on him. And so he calls over to Simon, who is finishing up the nets. Hey, Simon, can you row me out from the shore just a bit? Now, I imagine Simon is not really excited about getting back out in the boat, but he owes Jesus at this point. You see, at the end of chapter four, just before this scene, Jesus had cured Simon's mother-in-law from some sickness. So Simon, he doesn't say anything at that point. He just does it. It's the least I can do. He's probably thinking to himself. Besides, by now, the net's must be pretty much dry and put away because we know that they have already been put back in the boat. And so an exhausted Simon begins to row Jesus out away from the shore so that Jesus could begin to teach the crowd. And Simon sat there in the boat listening to Jesus as he spoke that morning. Simon listened with his stomach growling, his muscles aching, but he listened as this man, this rabbi who had healed his mother-in-law, began to talk about God and God's ways. Now, Simon, he wasn't a theologian by any means, but but there was something about the way that Jesus taught that grabbed a hold of him. Jesus' words spoke to a deep place in Simon it's like this breath of fresh air coming to him and jesus's presence it was so palpable that simon was actually glad to be in the boat there with jesus i mean once he was out there i imagine simon was grateful he'd been asked that's just how it was being around jesus it's why the crowds pressed in on him there was something so life-giving about his presence, something so appealing about his words. The crowds just couldn't help themselves, and neither could Simon. Finally, Jesus finishes up, and Simon, he gets ready to row back to the shore, but Jesus has something else in mind. Simon, how about you row out a little further? How about you come with me out into the deep waters and out there in the deep, drop your nets for a catch. Now we know that Jesus was a masterful teacher and often he spoke with multiple layers of meaning. So I have a hunch that Jesus's invitation here has more than one meaning. I mean, sure, it was a very practical invitation to go fishing but that's not all that it was jesus is inviting simon to go out into the deep with him in other words simon could stay in the shallows with jesus where he is enamored with jesus's teachings and grateful for what jesus has done for him and for his family he could stay there or he could go out into the deep waters where some things are a little less clear and the risks are a lot greater, but so are the possibilities. He could go out into the deep waters where he may just be opened up to the same life that is in Jesus and where he could learn to live and fish in the unfathomable mysteries of love. Row out further, Simon, into the deep waters and drop your nets for a catch. It is an invitation to allow your nets to be filled in ways you cannot understand while you're still in the shallows with Jesus. Simon, though, he doesn't quite grasp this Deeper meaning he really can't at this point, the meaning was practical as well as metaphorical, and you know Simon he's not Simon Peter yet, he hasn't quite become a disciple he He doesn't quite know how Jesus is working and what Jesus is thinking. He just knows that Jesus is telling him to go fishing again, and you can imagine what he is thinking at that point. I mean, Simon is the expert fisherman here, not Jesus. Remember, Jesus grew up the son of a carpenter, and Simon knows the fish aren't out yet. They, they're already gone for the day. They, they tried all night, and, and even if, if they weren't all worn out, it's at least mid-morning now, and you know that those fish, they're not out at this time of day. If Jesus were a fisherman, he would know that. Besides, Simon is exhausted. Remember, he's been spinning his wheels all night. He didn't have anything to show for it. Not to mention the nets have already been cleaned. And if he casts them back out, they'll have to go through all of that work again, untangling those heavy, soaking wet nets, laying them out in the sun, cleaning them, repairing them, drying them. And for what? (laughs) He's probably shaking his head when he says, look, Master, we already worked hard all night and caught nothing. And I wonder if there's a pause, a silence in the air after Peter says that. I wonder if he just, he says that, and Jesus is just quiet as he looks back at Simon with his inviting and commanding eyes. And so after a moment, Simon gives in. (sighs) Okay. Because you say so, Lord, I will. And of course, we know the rest of the story. We already heard about the miraculous catch of fish and how it changes Simon and James and John. They didn't just feed their family or make a little money with it. It actually changed who they became. After the catch of the century, they just left all that fishing behind to follow Jesus because they had discovered something more than fish, out there in the deep waters. See, everything changes for them, not because of some massive load of fish they happened to get that night. It actually all changes when Simon overcame his reluctance, took a deep sigh, and said, okay. Because you say so, we will. Even though it didn't make sense, and even though he's exhausted from spinning his wheels, even though it probably seemed like a complete waste of time. He made a very simple and yet profound decision, and it changed the rest of his story. Here we are, thinking about our particular lives the story we have lived up to this day, wondering what is next for us in our own story, even now in the challenges that we face and the callings that we think we hear from God, I can't help but wonder, what might you be having a hard time saying yes to these days? What deep waters is Jesus inviting you to, but you're just not quite sure about? Maybe maybe you're as exhausted as Simon. Maybe there's some disappointments. Maybe there is some cost you're afraid of. It's okay to be honest about that, you know. Peter was. (laughs) Jesus, we've been at this already all night, and we've caught nothing, he says. So in the quiet of the next few moments, I want to invite you to be as honest as Peter with what you're feeling and what you're carrying before God. Hold that honesty right before the fierce and loving gaze of Christ. Just be honest. And when you're ready, only when you're ready to say, okay, and to row out into those deep waters, I want to invite you to pray with me and with Simon and with one another. But because you say so, Lord, we will. Amen.